We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. A little bonus podcast for the week. Remember, starting up in October, we will go back to our five-day-a-week minimum schedule, sometimes even six, depending on how the Lakers schedule plays out that week. For right now, month of September, still three shows a week. But here's a little bonus episode for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers starting five and what that could potentially look like. Joining me are Ron Gutterman and Daniel Starkan from LakersNation.com. Guys, uh, let's start things off with this. I threw up on my Instagram uh, page, at Trevor Lane NBA, shameless plug there. I said, are you excited? Very simply, are you excited for the new Lakers season? And it only came back, it was about 75% said they're excited, and about 25% said they're not Guys, are you excited for the season? I feel like that's low for Lakers fans right now. Honestly, that feels kind of high. Uh, I, <laughs> okay. I thought, I thought I'm the pessimist. No, I just thought I thought you were gonna say like only forty percent said yes or something like that. I I really it feels like the pessimism beyond just me. It feels like the pessimism's pretty high around Lakers fans right now. Um, you know. Everyone was expecting that Russ would be off the roster by now. He is not. And like, we're just trying to figure out what that's going to look like when the season starts. But I thought, I thought uh, anger would be much higher than that. So, you know what? I'm proud of Lakers fans for being excited. Hmm. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I'm always excited for Lakers basketball to be back, even if it's not going to be exactly what you hoped it would be. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say too. Like, yes, I am excited. It's been a while since, since we've watched the Lakers play basketball. Um, uh, obviously, um, uh, as, as Lakers nation staff members, the Lakers are a huge part of our lives. And I feel like this off season has been super repetitive writing and talking about the same stuff over and over again. So I'm, I'm excited to just have actual basketball back to, to write and talk about. Um, but I'd say compared to some other seasons, my excitement level isn't as high as it usually is. Um, you know, I was, I think kind of along the lines of a lot of other fans. We're expecting some big moves this offseason. Might still happen, who knows, but as of now, there hasn't been any big moves. Russ is still on the roster, so I'm not going into the season with as much excitement as normal, but but I'm still excited for basketball to be back. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really the context that we need to keep in mind is that we're excited for basketball to be back, but typically this time of year, when we're talking about we're less than three weeks now for preseason starting, excitement level is even higher because around the NBA, everybody is the same record. Everybody's zero for zero. If there was pain last season, and there was a lot of pain last season, but look, time heals all wounds. By this point, a lot of people have kind of moved on from that pain to some degree. You at least don't remember quite how bad it was. And now you're ready to get back into, into action. And so I look at 75% being excited for, for the season as being kind of low, because I would imagine that if you pulled most teams around the NBA, most fan bases, that number would be higher. Heck, look, the Kings haven't made the playoffs in what, how many seasons, 16 seasons, something like that. I bet if you ask Kings fans, are you excited for the season? It would be like 85, 90% would say yes. So I still see that as as kind of a low number. But again, maybe that's indicative of the move that still hasn't come and the move that at this point we're thinking probably doesn't come in terms of a Russell Westbrook trade. Everybody was expecting it, and it just kind of never happened. Uh, you know, it's still possible, but seems unlikely at this point. So from there, though, let's let's get into this starting five because with Russell Westbrook on the roster, let's assume that some of the pessimism is because the roster is what it is. And that big move wasn't made. But now it's going to be on Darvin Ham to take this roster as it currently sits. And he has to try to put together a starting five. Um, I want to jump off with this. Zach Lowe, the other day on the Low Post, mentioned that he had heard there was buzz that Kendrick Nunn would be in the starting lineup. Not as the starting point guard, mind you, but starting alongside Russell Westbrook. That Russ, LeBron, and AD would all start alongside Damian Jones and Kendrick Nunn. And that... that raised my eyebrows. I was not expecting to hear that as a potential starting five for the Lakers. So let me ask you guys strictly in terms of Kendrick Nunn, do you think he should be somebody in consideration to be a starter? I mean, I'll go first. Like, is Kendrick Nunn going to be playing basketball? I think that's my, my first question. Um, from everything we've seen, he's still not you know, been cleared for like full five on five contact work. Like Darvin Ham gave an update at um, Patrick Beverly's introductory press conference. And he basically said he's looked great, but it's mostly been individual work, weight room work. So what that that's the first thing for me is, is he going to be playing? Um, it's, it's been over a year or almost a year now. It, it was in training camp last year when he suffered the, the bone bruise or whatever it was. They're, they're calling it a bone bruise. Who knows? Um, but so I need to see him on the court first. So if he could play in the preseason, I think that will be really telling. I know, I mean, previous when he was on the Heat, um, he was the type of player that you would typically want next to a LeBron and an AD. Like he could play on ball, he could play off ball, solid, decent defender. Um, but I, I, I got to see it first. I think if I was coming up with my own starting lineup, and and we're gonna get into that, um, Kendrick Nunn would not be in it for me. So I, I was definitely surprised uh, for, from that report. Yeah, I think it's it's a little weird to pencil a guy in that hasn't played basketball in like a full calendar year um, with some. I mean, yeah, you call it a bone bruise. Everyone called it a bone bruise, but like it's it's really hard to believe that it was a bone bruise and that and that's it. Um, so yeah, I, I find it difficult to pencil him in as a starter now. If he's Kendrick Nunn, if he's the guy we know on the basketball court, then yeah, I, I like him as a starter. Uh, I, you know, I, I might even try to figure out a way to start him instead of Russ and, and try something different there. But yeah, I mean, if he is the basketball player that he was in 2020 with the heat 2021, then I, I like this move to put him in the starting lineup, but otherwise 
it's hard to see a world where you can say, yeah, Kendrick Nunn's for sure going to start for us when you, he hasn't even played a five-on-five scrimmage in you know 12 months. Yeah, that's, that's what was really surprising to me, too, was he's not playing five-on-five. Five. Now, maybe he is today, right? But as of what we heard a week ago or so, he wasn't yet playing five-on-five. It's why would there be buzz about a player who's not even playing five and five? Like he must look incredible in these, in these workouts that he's doing against a folding chair or whatever. EG on Leon, Leon style. Hasn't um, missed an contested three in weeks. Right. Like that's, that to me doesn't seem, it doesn't have the ring of truth to it because to me that doesn't make sense. Now I'm not saying if he's fully healthy, sure. He should be in the, he should be in consideration. He should be in the mix to potentially be a starter, but I don't think we're at that point. If he'd been playing five on five all off season and the buzz was, Hey, the Lakers are going to start him. I'd be saying, okay, cool. This means that he looks really good. And he looks like his old self back with Miami. But this was a bit surprising to me to hear Kendrick Nunn penciled in the starting five. Rod, you, you mentioned it though. He could be a replacement for Russell Westbrook in the starting lineup. So let me hit go there next. Is there, how much consideration should there be to running Russell Westbrook off the bench? You know, there should be a decent amount of consideration for it. I think when you're coming off of the season that just happened, which look, I, I'm not, I'm not quite as you know blame Russ heavy as as a lot of people are, but you know, objectively, Russ probably had his worst season as a pro last year, and so you have to at least consider, given what we're coming off of, you have to at least consider bringing him off the bench and trying something different. It, it, it makes no, no sense, really, to just kind of try the same thing again and hope it works better this year than it did last year. So I think it has to be in consideration. Do I think it'll actually happen? No. I think Darvin Ham really wants to try Russ as a starter and see if this works. I think he wants to give Russ another chance. I think Russ seems open to Darvin Ham as a coach. So, like, I, I don't see a world in which they bring him off the bench. I'm just saying... It has to be in consideration given what we saw last year because it, it just was it was ugly for a lot of last season. Yeah, well, first let me just start by confirming what Ron first said that when he says he has defended Russ more than most or or not put as much blame on Russ as most, um, I could confirm that we're all in Vegas for the summer league. We're all out to dinner. There was a, a big Russ conversation going, and and Ron was pretty much on an island by himself defending Russ in his career. So I'll give Ron that. He is the Lakers Nation Russ defender. Um, but and, I, he, and he had Scorpio Sky on the other side of that of that conversation, who's pretty physically imposing. So you knew that LeBron, that, that Ron really uh, really believed what he was saying there because uh, because he had that to deal with too. I, I had the physical threat of a professional wrestler on the other side of the argument. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Hey, you held your ground, so I'll give you credit there. But I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I think it should be under consideration. I think if you're just looking at basketball fit, I think Russ would be best served playing a lot of his minutes when LeBron is off the floor, like where he could be the primary ball handler. He could run the show, let Russ be Russ, like they all say. He'd be playing most of his minutes against other second units, which are typically weaker players that I think he would uh, dominate a lot more as opposed to to first units. So I think basketball-wise, it makes sense. He could still play a lot of minutes. I'm not saying he should only be playing 12 minutes a night. I I still think him and LeBron will see the floor together. Um, But I just think there's... There's other guys who play off the ball more, or little better spot-up shooters that make sense in the starting lineup with LeBron. 
Um, but but I don't think there's going to be much consideration. Like Darvin Ham has already said that Russ is going to start. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think things can maybe change if in training camp Russ is not buying in the way that Darvin Ham has been saying that in their conversations he's going to do. Um, we'll see. We'll see if if he does give that buy in. I think um, thing, things things could change once they get on the floor, as as we saw last season. But I, I think uh, until we see something tangible in training camp or the preseason or whatever, I think um, Russ is going to be in the starting lineup regardless of what the fans want. Let me present my argument for why I think Russ should start because I, I think he I think he will, and I think he should. And it's not because necessarily of what he's doing on the floor. It's because we talk about bringing Russ off the bench and how that can allow him to play with a little bit more freedom. You try to stagger his minutes with LeBron as much as possible. I think that can be accomplished without removing him from the starting lineup. And if you remove him from the starting lineup, you run into all of these questions, right? Every single game, it's going to be a question mark. Should Russ be back in the starting lineup at media day? Let's say they make it known heading into the season. Russ is going to be our sixth man. That's going to be a big talking point every time they win. Are they winning because Russ is benched? If they're losing, are they losing? And that means Russ needs to come back into the starting five. He's going to get asked about it. On top of that, Frank Vogel didn't make that move last season specifically because he felt like if he did that, the bridge is completely burned. He will lose Russ altogether. I think that would be hurtful to his pride. And you could say, well, he's not at a point in his career where he should have that anymore and all that. Look, that's it's a tough transition to make. I think that you can still give him whatever we want to call it, if we want to call it the ego boost or, or whatever, of being a starter. And we know that matters. That designation matters to players around the NBA. And you can manage the minutes to a point where you can still accomplish the goal of having him play the majority of his minutes when LeBron is off the floor with the second unit, handling the ball more, and you can let Russ be Russ in that scenario. So that's why even though I understand the merit for running Russ off of the bench and starting someone else, starting Kendrick Nunn, starting Patrick Beverly, I'm not making that move if I'm Darvin Ham right now. I think that's understandable that you know you would it would lead to a possible locker room issue. The only and and I'm not even saying necessarily that Russ should absolutely be brought off the bench and there shouldn't even be a consideration for him to start. There's merits both ways, but if from what we saw last season the Lakers were having to dig themselves out of holes that they would create early in the game because of the poor fit between Russ and LeBron. So you'd put them out there because you don't want to relegate Russ to the bench. But next thing you know, you're down 16 to six, four minutes into the game, <laughs> and you're spending the whole game climbing back. If, if Russ is on the bench, maybe that start doesn't happen. And when Russ comes into the game for the first time, it's a tie game. Maybe the Lakers have a bit of a lead. And now Russ can do his best work where – He's not trying to climb from behind by jacking up threes eight seconds into the shot clock. Like he's doing what he does best. And I think that's where you would get the best version of everybody. But of course, I understand that there's issues with chemistry and, and locker room issues that would arise if you say, hey, Russ, you're not a starter anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think what Trevor said makes sense. Like, unfortunately, you do have to think about that stuff with Russ. And that kind of like is unfortunate just because um, – if he's really doing what Darvin Ham has been saying, like if they've had great conversations and he's willing to buy in and do whatever it takes to win, then, you know, coming off the bench may be part of that and he should be willing to buy into that. But but I, I'm with you. I don't think he is. So I think that's something you have to take under consideration if you want to try to make this, this rust thing work. I, 
how optimistic are you guys that Russ can have a better season than last season? I, I think he can be better. I don't know how much better. We'll see. I, I made a bet on the last live show with, with Russ stands. A lot of people have been running around championing the fact that, that Russ through the final like 10 games that he played last season shot like 41% from three. I said, if Russ shoots better than 38% from three for the first 10 games of the season, if he repeats what he did, essentially even gave them a little bit of an edge there, 38% that I would buy a Russell Westbrook Jersey and wear it on, on the show. So I by no means think he's going to be phenomenal or anything thing like that. But are you guys optimistic that he can be at least better than he was last season? I said it a couple weeks ago on a live show. I don't think I don't think it can go much worse. So yeah, I think it can, I think it can be better because it can't be much worse. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not super optimistic just because like yes, we're hearing the stuff we want to hear from from Darvin Ham and such, and you're seeing Russ at these press conferences. It seems like he's buying in, but this is a lot like last year at this time when I think a lot of us were a lot more optimistic that it can work. Like Russ was saying all the right things. Um, LeBron was saying all the right things and, and such. And and then it, it didn't work out. So I'm hearing the same things I heard last year. So I, I, I got to see it to believe it. Okay, I also so, think, oh, sorry, ahead. just one more point before we get into like our starting lineups. I also think one reason I'm not optimistic, but just like, not think it's going to be a train wreck again is because I think Russ and Darvin Ham get along a little better than Russ and Frank Vogel. Even when last year when they were saying all the right things, it was clear that like everyone in that room wanted Frank Vogel to not be the coach anymore. And I think that was a really difficult thing for Vogel. And I think it was a really difficult thing for team chemistry where we're just saying like everyone is basically trying to hint that they want this dude out, but they can't fire him quite yet because he just won a championship and there was injuries the year before. Like, it was just a really awkward situation. And I think with Darvin Ham, it feels like everyone in the room has the guy they want at coach. And so I'm a little bit optimistic in that sense. But of course, Darvin Ham is not a magician. He cannot make Russell Westbrook shoot 39% from three. So like, there's going to still be issues there. Yeah, I think that Darvin Ham, the difference, you know, he's got a four-year contract. Frank Vogel, even when the Lakers gave him a contract extension, it was a one-year deal. That's that doesn't do much to dispel the lame duck uh, vibe around Frank Vogel. Darvin Ham, this is their guy. This is their guy. So I think what he says is going to carry that much more weight. But let's get into what what do your starting fives look like? And I guess really we're, we're going to talk about two things here. So give me your starting five and what you think the starting five will actually be. So give me what you think it should be and what it will be. Maybe they're the same. Maybe they're not. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. I think what it will be, I think it's going to be Russ, Beverly, LeBron, AD, Thomas Bryant. Um, the only change I would make to that is I would bring Russ off the bench and I would start Austin Reeves. So my backcourt would be Reeves and Beverly um, with LeBron and AD and then Thomas Bryant. I think when you got LeBron and AD, you need two things around them. You need shooting and you need defense. And I know on this Lakers roster, um, there's not a ton of either. And there's definitely not a ton of guys that do both. Um, so I'm looking at this roster and I, I'm just picking out basically the best 3 and D guys. I think Patrick Beverly, I know he had kind of a rough shooting year last year. But if you look at his career numbers, he's a pretty good shooter. Obviously a great defender. 
Um, and, and then Reeves, I think I think his shooting is going to improve this year. Um, from all we've heard from his offseason workouts, he's looked great. He's getting stronger, so I think that'll help him be able to guard some of the bigger wing guys. Um, and then Thomas Bryan, I, I, I'd love to start AD at the five, um, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think Thomas Bryan at least provides you some floor spacing, whereas Damian Jones doesn't really. But I would expect him and Damian Jones will probably sit, play the same amount of minutes, um, but I'd have Thomas, Thomas Bryan sharing the floor with AD more in the starting lineup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right? Yeah, and so I, that's that's both what you – okay. You you went into what so you – My only change is I'd, I'd have Russ off the bench and I'd start. Got it. Yeah. I think it's pretty similar for me. Like, I, I think the starting lineup will be Russ, Beverly, LeBron, AD, uh, Thomas Bryant. I don't particularly like that. Um, I, I do think, you know, in an in an ideal world, if Kendrick Nunn is Kendrick Nunn, then I would like uh, Nunn. I would like Nunn with Beverly instead of uh, Daniel had Reeves in in that Russ spot. I would put Nunn there um, just because I think he can really work as a secondary creator. Uh, he can shoot the three ball really consistently. Like I, I, I like him next to Beverly there. Uh, and then I would have Russ and Reeves off the bench with whatever, you know, Damian Jones, whatever smattering of players you want to try to put there. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, it'll be Russ, uh, Patrick Beverly, LeBron AD and Thomas Bryant, most likely just because I don't see Kendrick Nunn being quite ready to just, go back to being a starter day one. Uh, and I think while there was a lot of hype about Austin Reeves earlier in the off season, it feels like the second they acquired Patrick Beverly, that talk kind of ended. So I think that's where they're going with that. So uh, I, I still have Reeves in my, my starting five and what I'm, what I'm looking at, I've got concerns about the Lakers lack of size with a Russ and Beverly backcourt i think skill set wise they actually can fit i think what darvin ham has just been saying he's been accurate they can fit together if you're gonna if you're gonna put to put any kind of a guard next to russell westbrook it would be a three and d style guard that's probably going to be your best fit i just wish patrick beverly was six six instead of six one right and he's not and and so i think the lakers have had uh some issues in terms of of last season being undersized at the three undersized at the two and that created some some problems even undersized at the four quite a bit i mean heck we saw wayne ellington at the three at times last season it got it right. got pretty pretty rough there tried to block that out from my brain thank you <laughs> yeah, i don't know why you would say that those really <laughs> we have repressed a lot of a lot of last season here but 
I still think it's going to be, or, or what I think it should be, is Russ, Reeves, LeBron, Anthony Davis. And I, I'm interested in this because Zach Lowe sounded pretty certain it was going to be Damian Jones in the starting five. I just think if Russell Westbrook's on the floor, and we don't know what Anthony Davis is going to be as a three-point shooter, if he's 19% again, teams are going to completely ignore him behind the arc. You need some kind of a threat at the five. And with Darvin Ham being the coach, that's what he just came from, was a system in Milwaukee where at all times their five was a three-point shooter, whether it was Brooke Lopez or Bobby Porter or even Serge Ibaka. So I just see Thomas Bryant as having a leg up on Damian Jones, even though Damian Jones is my guy. That's what I've got as, as uh, what I think the starting five is going to be. And it's also what I believe it should be, is with HBK, with Austin Reeves in the starting five alongside Russ because he gives you a little bit more, more size to work off of. Yeah, and I think one name that none of us have mentioned is Lonnie Walker. I mean, he's the guy that the Lakers gave their full mid-level to. Um, yeah. He's He gives you a little bit more size. I think he's like 6'4 with a, a pretty long wingspan. Um, but it, it's just a matter of can he shoot. Like he, he uh, as, his, as his shooting, um, as his volume has gone up, the, the percentage has gone down. So I, I think we got to see if he, if he could shoot. I know he said... Um, when he when he got introduced, he basically took it as a challenge and said, "I'm going to show everyone." So so we'll see. But I, uh, until he he shows he could be a spot up shooter, um, I'd, I'd prefer Lonnie Walker in the second unit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I I think there's a reason none of us mentioned Lonnie Walker, uh, even though he got the full mid level exception. I think look, he's he's a fine player, but I just think if you're talking about players that shoot the three and play defense next to LeBron and AD. Lonnie Walker is kind of yet to show that he can do both consistently or either consistently. Um, and so if he shows that, if he like makes this type of Malik Monk leap this season, then yeah, put him in the starting lineup because that's the type of player you want. But there's, there's no body of evidence to show that he's going to be that guy this year. So for now, keeping him in the second unit gives him a chance, you know, like we were saying with Russ, a little more free flowing, a little more, play his style and see if it works. Yeah, when you break down Russ's numbers, if you look at his best stats, a lot of them came with Malik Monk alongside him in the in the starting five in terms of his offensive output, and that's because teams had to pay attention to him and Monk was, uh, he had the ability to catch fire. Lonnie Walker, I think, probably has the best potential of anybody on the roster to, to fill that kind of a role on the offensive end. But like you guys have said, we don't know what he's going to be from behind the three-point line. If he is what he was last season with the San Antonio Spurs, well, that's not good. That's not that's not good at all, and that's not going to fill that that Malik Monk role. That's why we're talking about a Patrick Beverly and an Austin Reeves, uh, somebody like that, to be in that starting lineup. Are you guys as concerned with I am about the size across the roster, particularly if Patrick Beverly is? You both have Pat as your your two guard essentially in your lineup. Well, whether I guess you want to call you know nominally Russ the two or Patrick Beverly the two but you've got a 6'4 player and a 6'1 player in your backcourt. That is concerning to me. Does that concern either of you? The, yeah, I mean, that's very concerning to me, but also, like, the options are limited. Uh -huh. um, like, unless, you know, if you want Juan Toscano-Anderson starting, like, I could see the argument for it because he is, you know, that wing size. He's 6'5", 6 6 um, Like, I could see the argument for that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm very concerned about the lack of size, and at the same time, there's no other real option than to have an undersized backcourt and an oversized frontcourt. Like, that's the roster. So, 
you know, that's kind of what, what we're left with. And that's, I think the best, you know, we, we kind of came up with sort of the best options you can come up with given what's on the roster. Yeah. I'd love for the Lakers to have like a Jeremy Grant type or a Harrison Barnes type, but that's not on the roster. So. Yeah. And one of, one of the guys who kind of could serve that, you know, wing defense role, what was Stanley Johnson and he's no longer on the team. So that was one of their few wings um, who's now gone. So, so the options on the wing, um, they're, they're not looking great. I know in the past um, we've seen, you know, it's kind of those bigger wings that kind of uh, have given the Lakers trouble, whether it be, you know, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan, like the, those, those type of guys um, the Lakers have had no answer for. I know, I, I think it's safe to say that none of us want LeBron guarding those guys full time. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a big concern of mine, and part of the reason why I think uh, Reeves Reeves will get a lot of minutes this year if he if he added you know the 10, 15 pounds of muscle like like the reports have indicated. I think he he could take that next step defensively. Let me tell you. Let me wrap up with this. He's he wouldn't be in consideration to be a starter, but the one guy that I think there's actually a lot of pressure on simply from a roster construction standpoint to be serviceable it's Wenyan Gabriel the Lakers and we haven't talked a lot about him and I don't know that he's even going to be part of the rotation but if I look at the roster the way this is built out the Lakers never replaced Kyle Kuzma they still haven't in terms of finding a guy who's 6'9 6'10 that can be a switchable defender Carmelo Anthony took over the role last season in terms of the offensive production but obviously can't do that on the defensive side of the ball if you look at this Lakers roster, Damian Jones isn't defending on the perimeter. Thomas Bryant isn't defending on the perimeter. The only guys with size, because Juan Toscano Anderson and Troy Brown Jr. are both 6'6", the only guys with true size to be a full power forward that has the ability to defend on the perimeter, it's LeBron, it's AD, and Wenyan Gabriel. And that's it. That's all you've got. And like Daniel just said, you don't necessarily want LeBron chasing around some of these top scorers. Do you want JTA, want Scano Anderson? Do you want Troy Brown Jr.? Do you want these guys really defending some of the bigger, stronger wings that are out there? Then we're back to last season where we saw a size disadvantage across some of these other non-center positions. And so that's going to be something that I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm not sure that he's a rotation player, but given the makeup of this Lakers roster, they could definitely use a guy who's 6'9 and lanky like Wenyan Gabriel is. Yeah, I mean, I, I do worry about switchability with him. I think he kind of can guard fives and some fours serviceably, uh, but I don't really see him sliding down to like, like if he's matched up with Paul George, it it's probably over for the Lakers. Um, so I, I, I don't really, you know, I'd love for him to take that leap, but it, it's difficult to see. I think if you're not having LeBron do that, given the roster, it's, it's going to be Austin Reeves or it's going to be Juan Toscano-Anderson. Troy Brown is a solid defender, but he's not one who slides up that many positions. He He's more of like a discount Contavious Caldwell-Pope defensively. Like, he can guard ones and twos pretty serviceably, but if you're sliding up to three or four, I think it gets pretty bad. So it's LeBron, it's Juan Toscano-Anderson, and at times it might be Anthony Davis. So it's just got to see uh, you see where the chips fall. I, it's, it's, it's tough because they're just a lack of options at that big wing slot, but that that's the roster they built. So they, they have to make it work now. Yeah. And I, I mean, as of now they have two open roster spots. So I, I don't know what free agents are available, but if there's any sort of wing defender that's out there looking for a job, the Lakers should absolutely be all over it because uh, 
as the last 10 minutes of this conversation has shown, there's they got basically no one on the wing. Like I know, I know you want to mention Wenyan Gabriel and Troy Brown, but I'm not I'm not expecting a whole lot out of either of those guys if if I'm being completely honest here. So we did well, the bare minimum. We mentioned them, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I don't know if there's there's still trade talks out there, obviously. So I understand why those roster spots are still open. But if we get we get to training camp, um, I, I'd like to see them at least bring in some sort of wing, even if it's just for like a just for like it. If you're facing the heat and you need someone to go out there and foul Jimmy Butler a few times, like that, those type of guys that they're not going to play a key role, but um, you're going to need you're going to need those guys throughout the course of the regular season. Um, and, and right now, I, I just don't really see it on this roster. That's, that's interesting that you need somebody that is to go out there and foul. It reminds me of you know back in the day, how many teams stockpiled guys who were seven yeah. feet tall just to throw at Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. It was like we're kind of in, a, in an era where if you're like. 6'8 to 6'11 and can slide your feet decently quickly, yep. you can have a job in the NBA because you need those guys to defend your, like you said, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi, whoever, you know, Jason Tatum, all these other guys that are out there. Given what the free agent class was when the offseason started, I imagine what it is now is really, really ugly. Uh, so probably not a free agent out there. But, you know, there's it's a law of averages. The Toronto Raptors have like 19 wings, so the Lakers have to have zero. I think it's just <laughs> part of the part of the equation. The the Clippers as well. They've they've got a ton of them. They are. They but like, again, that's that's if you're going to stockpile anything in today's NBA, that's what it should be. Is, is yeah, big switching they, can't just, they can't just let us borrow Nicholas Batum for like a season or something. I'll even I'll you know what? I'll say it. I'll take Luke Kennard, man. I get it's I don't even think he's that good, but I'll take him. <laughs> Just to get some some shooting on the roster. Well, we'll see if this will indeed be this Lakers roster heading into the season. Will there be a trade again? Every day we get closer to the training camp starting up, which again, just a few weeks away now. Uh, media day, all of that. It becomes that much more likely that this is it. And Darvin Ham is going to have to figure out a way to make it work. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comments down below. What should the Lakers starting five be this season? Should Russell Westbrook be in the starting five? What about Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant? How do you mix and match all of these players? Let us know your thoughts in the comments section. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And, of course, go over to the LakersNation.com podcast, Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.